Hello and welcome to the Oi Let's Talk podcast. I'm Kate. And I'm Gemma. Two friends talking fitness, mindset, business and everything else in between. We really mean everything. Expect banter, education and organised chaos. Your new podcast besties. Welcome back to another episode of the Oi Let's Talk podcast. Oh my lordy lord, we have had some technical issues today. <laughs> Almost breaking point, but we're here. You take a moment to breathe, honestly. <laughs> Guys, if you have never had a podcast before or recorded a podcast, it is a testing time for not only our relationship, but just this whole computer setup and everything. I wanted to smash it all. The cords, the amount of cords is unnecessary. Oh. There's lights. Then there's the actual things not plugging in. Then there's the cameras. Then there's the there's microphones. The <laughs> then there's the humans that don't know how to use any Couldn't of this equipment. It. Honestly, it's a joke. But we're here and we're super excited to bring you guys another Q&A. We've made it. And I, yeah, I can't wait. We've decided 100% that we're doing these every month. So they will be a constant. You guys will be getting advice from us. You can write in your questions because we loved it so much. So thank you guys for anyone who did give us a question or write in this week. It's super exciting to see you guys get so into it like we are. Yeah. I really love that you guys have a place to ask questions in a non-judgmental way and just get to know us a bit more and just get to get answers to things you've been wondering about that you've probably been keeping to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Freaking love it. So Again, thank you, and let's just jump straight into it. We're going balls to wall. I say that every single podcast. We're just diving right on in. We're diving in, and I'm going to kick off with how to network and make friends in the fitness industry, and in brackets, this person said, with a low following. You go. Yeah. You go. I'll start off. I'm going to start off by saying your following count doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So irrelevant. You want to find other people in the industry. (laughs) (laughs) Not only do we have... (laughs) Guys, I, I am so We've sorry. We've got a dog issue. We, you were getting so into that topic. I'm so and sorry. And my dog is trying to eat Gemma's ring light. I just cannot handle it. All right, the show will go on. Your following count doesn't matter. And there's lots of ways you can meet other coaches and like-minded people in the industry. Some things that really helped me were going to seminars. When you go to a seminar, you get to know the person next to you, figure out where they are at the industry and you'll probably connect online and stay connected. I've stayed connected with people for, you know, the last three, four, five years just because I've gone to a deadlift seminar or I've gone to, you know, biomechanics or something like that. So lots of showing up to those things and you might feel a bit afraid because maybe you don't know anybody, but it's just the best way to be. There'll be everybody that's there will be in the same boat as you. And if they're going to those things, they're probably also wanting a similar thing, which is to get to know other people in the industry. In addition to that, you know, sliding into people's DMs that you vibe with, just, you know, if you like something that they're about, tell them. Like, you know, there are an abundance of other coaches in this industry and be genuine about this connection, like make an effort with people that you want to get to know and see what happens. You've got really nothing to lose. Yeah. And that's another thing as well. Like if you're wanting to make friends in the industry, like go in wanting to make friends, don't go in with like a hidden agenda that you're going to be using people in the industry. Like if you just want to make friends, you can just go in and ask someone to catch up for coffee. Yeah. It doesn't need to even be a training day. And exactly what Jem said, like going to seminars, there's a lot of online workshops, online masterclasses, things where you can get in a group of like-minded women on the similar journey to you, whether they're in the coaching industry or wanting to get into the coaching industry. And I just don't think followers matter. 
followers don't mean anything about your personality, how kind you are of a person, your values, your morals, nothing like that. And I know personally for me, and you're probably very similar, Gem, like we don't base a friendship off how many followers we have. I base a friendship off, you know, whether we vibe and we get along and our personalities match and I feel like you're a ride or die. Yeah, 100%. You just need to put yourself out there. Try not to think about that because I think this person could potentially be comparing themselves. Like, you know, maybe I can't reach out to them because they have a lot of followers. I don't think that matters. I mean, there'll be people who have a lot of followers who maybe don't see as many DMs because they're just getting flooded. But that is, it's not a personal thing. Um, And don't factor that in. Just put yourself out there more. 100%. Alrighty, let's jump into question number two. What is a normal rate for coaches to charge and what should be included in coaching? This is a really good one because Mm. I've been asked this question a lot before by clients who are also coaches starting out and there isn't really a set rate. There's not an industry standard. There's not an industry standard because the scope of what you are including in your coaching service can vary depending on what you want to offer. So what I mean by that is are you just offering a face-to-face personal training session or are you offering a face-to-face with you know, support Monday to Friday, yeah. one-on-one? So there's a lot of variation and a lot of that is going to come from you experimenting and finding what it is that you want to offer, what you think that you're good at, yeah. and then kind of padding out the package or the offering from there. So there's no set standard. Online, the sky's the limit in terms of how you want to deliver yep. online. It could be program only. It could be much more comprehensive. So the variation in what can be charged is enormous. But things that I know that new coaches can um, not factor in necessarily to their prices is you really need to think about things like tax. Yeah. Putting putting away... GST. Yeah. You have to include the those... The rent that you're paying to the gym. All of that. The app that you might be paying per Subscription. month. Subscriptions. Anything like that to make sure that you're actually taken care of at the end of the day. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the money that you actually walk away from per session makes you feel good and makes you feel like, you know, it's it's worth your time and they're getting value and all of those things. And I know that if somebody's hiring a PT, they might not think about all of that, but yeah. you can communicate that to clients oh, as well if you feel the need to. But at the end of the day, you really need to make sure, even if you are starting out, not to undercharge in yeah. the sense that you are really not making ends meet because you need to cover those things that we've just mentioned to have longevity in the industry. And the longer that you're in the industry, you can, of course, increase yeah. that that rate from there. But you just need to make sure that you are covering yourself um, so you can continue doing what you love. Yeah. And I also think, think about the demographic, like the geo, uh, the area that you live in, I should say. So, you know, if you're working at a gym doing face-to-face, suss out what the other coaches are charging. Like majority of people are pretty open with being like, yeah, I charge $80 for a 45 minute session or whatever it is. Suss out how the other coaches are charging because you don't want to be undercutting or underselling yourself in that area as well. You know, you don't want to be going in charging $20 for a 45 minute session. You're not going to be taking home any money. So yeah, I think it's figure out the de- uh, the demographic that you're and the area that you're working in and then a kind of go from there. Yeah. Something I was also going to say was depending on um, the level of experience and all of that, we've already said that the price can vary so, so much, but just from a personal experience, I've had lots of different coaches, mentors. I've been around lots of different people over the last five or so Mm. years. And just for a reference point for online coaching, I've paid anywhere between maybe 60 to $70 per week up into $130 per week. Yeah. And I mean, those, the people that I've 
sought out to mentor and coach me, their level of experience has varied from, you know, business owner, yep. someone, you know, high level in the industry who runs seminars and all of that. And every single person that I've chosen, I have learned an immense amount from and I've seen a lot of value in that but that's the variation that I'm talking about yeah. it's not set in stone because what they have offered and the level of experience that each of those individuals have offered has been very different yeah 100% yeah. I'm the same anywhere between like 80 to probably even upwards of like $300 a week to be honest like yeah. business mentoring yeah, yeah, yeah. and other avenues as well yeah um but yeah exactly different varied levels um different things that they offer and the value of their services and all of those things Alrighty, next question, guys. We're taking it away. This one's a good one. So, Jim Crush has not smiled at me. Seems uberly unapproachable. Any tips? I like this one. It's a good one. I'm in two minds about it because I'm always like, you know, sometimes you just have to like say hi to people and be friendly and kind of like if you got a crush on someone, maybe just, you know, ask the question, hey, how are you going? Do you want to train? Blah, blah, blah. But then also on the flip side of that, I know me personally, I don't really like being interrupted when I am training. If I'm training, I'm there for a specific purpose. I'm getting in, I'm getting out, I'm getting my shit done. And that's how it is. You? I am also in two minds in terms of, I know that the gym is one of those places where maybe that's the only place you might feel like you can meet people. And it is sometimes a social aspect as well. It is, but I also don't, wouldn't want anyone to come up to me. Yeah. So I don't, I think there's definitely a certain way to go about that yeah. and also learning to read the room. I think that things can be done in a certain way that can be, um, you know, just kind of like a nice and then moving on. Like you could just say, hey, how are you yeah, going? Totally. And then read that person's body language if they've got their headphones on and a cap and a hoodie and their heads down. That's leave not, that's, them alone. That leaves them alone. That's not yeah. the time. I mean, I, I know that I've heard in gym situations like somebody asking somebody that knows that person, you know, are they in a relationship before yep. they've before they've actually tried to speak to them just to kind of suss the vibe out yep. i mean i don't mind that at least you kind of knowing if it's yeah. even a viable option um but again it is the gym and i want women especially to not feel to feel comfortable so when i think of that i just really think that if you do want to speak and ask a, a female for example yep. you know like hey how are you going just really be mindful of the fact that they might be feeling uncomfortable it might be a, you know relatively new to the gym that's yeah. probably the last thing that they want yeah so just read the room agreed yeah agreed and same thing like if you're a female approaching a man as well don't just necessarily think like that's okay either I think yeah. it's like a catch-22 because I have a lot of male friends who are like oh you know sometimes I'm just trying to train and like girls will come up and talk to me and blah blah, blah. and I think there needs to be a fine line of you know maybe just walk past and be like morning what are you training today and then read the room and then obviously you can go from there yeah, just get to know people, yeah. see how but they But if you react. see me training in the gym, no. do not come up to me. <laughs> Please, jokes. I also get so distracted by socialising at the gym. I need it less stresses me out. Like, I love everybody and I Same. just... I could spend so that's, long. That's my problem is when you open a conversation with me, I don't shut the fuck up. Yeah, it's a big issue. It's a big problem. Have, that's why the time has come into it. Oh my God, the yeah, time I'm is sorry, again. But I have to have the time. <laughs> if you haven't watched episode two, guys, go back and watch that because you know what we're referencing. Yeah. We haven't done this one. How to figure out tax or rent as a PT. Yeah. Yeah. So majority for the listeners that don't know, when you finish your Cert 3 and 4 and you decide that you want to go and work in a commercial gym, majority of commercial gyms will charge personal trainers rent to rent the facilities to train your clients, which I think is a great model in some senses, in some aspects, because it means, you know, you're not renting out a space, paying overhead, getting council permits. That would be a hell of a lot more expensive than it is per week at a gym to pay rent. 
Now, obviously back to the charging, like the whole charging question, you need to make sure that you're charging enough to be able to cover your rent and still be able to take home some at the end of the week and put enough away for tax. Now we're not financial advisors, just a little disclosure. We're not giving you guys financial advice, but I always just say, get a freaking tax agent. 100%. Because then they can literally tell you the exact amount that you need to be putting away for tax based on how much you're earning for that year, whether you need to pay GST, whether you need to register for it, etc. I think that one of the best things you can do as a new PT is to get a good accountant yeah. that understands the industry you're working in. Yes. So what I mean by that is I had an older accountant a while ago and even though lovely lady, but she was quite old school and didn't understand the concept of online coaching, didn't really understand mm. what I did. And that barrier really made it hard for me to communicate certain things yeah. versus at the moment, I have an amazing accountant. If you guys want to know her, just message me and I'll give you her details. But she has, she works in the online space, yeah. is a powerlifter. Great. Bad and bitch. bad bitch knows just knows the ins and outs of what I'm doing and is really up to speed with the apps and doing things in the most efficient way. So, you know, we have using Zero, having her managing everything there and just scheduling Zooms. Yeah. I don't have to physically go in there. All of that stuff um, takes away, gives me peace of mind, takes away the stress that comes with the financial side yeah. of things because, I mean, most of us probably don't love no. doing that stuff. And you just want to cover your back because yeah. when it comes to tax time, you just want to know you've already got a separate account, everything is taken care of yeah. and you have an accountant that's on the same page with you yeah. and you can just get things done. So that's my biggest yes. tip. And you're not getting to tax time and getting a hefty bill because you haven't put money aside. So that's probably my biggest tip is yeah. for me personally, I don't know, Jamie, you might be the same. For me personally, I have a separate bank account yeah. that is dedicated to tax that I do not touch. So every time I get paid into my business tax account, I will take away whatever amount I need to pay for tax that goes straight into my tax account that I do not touch. So when I have to pay my quarterly BAS statements, I can literally just pull it straight out of that that account and I'm not behind or trying to catch up because I haven't already forecasted roughly how much tax I'll be paying. So that's my biggest advice. If you're a PT, open up a separate tax account that you can just start like stockpiling money away. So when it comes to the time, you're ready to pay it. Yeah, I think the worst thing you could do is get paid into your everyday account and then also having it muddied in the water with yeah, all of your other expenses. Much. It's just so it's going to cause a headache down the track when you need to start reconciling yeah. things. So get organized with that. It's probably just one of those boring adult things that you just have to do. Yeah. But it will mean that your business will have longevity because you will have forecastability. You'll be able to plan yeah. and you'll be able to forecast and make plans with where you want your business to yes. go. If you know what you're making at the moment as well. Yeah. Make sure you're charging enough. And also money in your business is really important. Like you need to understand your your incomings and your outgoings and where you're spending and how you can project how much money you want to make in the next year. It's a really very um, vital part of your business. And a big part as well of making sure you're charging enough. If you're not, yes. if you're not having clarity around what it is that you're making, mm-hmm. if you're covering your expenses, you're not going to know if, exactly. you're, if you're undercharging. Yeah. yeah. I'm also super happy to share my accountant detail. I would die for that man. So... Honestly, I would be so lost without him. I, I feel the same way. I just have, yeah, oh, it's a nice feeling. It is. Alrighty. This is a little left of center one as well. Do you see yourself getting married? This is cute. It's kind of cute. It is cute. Yes. Yeah. But not in a traditional sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think I would definitely, I don't want to give away my plans. I already have something happening in my head. <laughs> Obviously. Better you around this Obviously. one. <laughs> um, but no, I can definitely imagine it would be, super informal it would be very intimate 
Mm. And I, yeah, I just think that it would probably just be a big party at the end of it. But yeah. it won't be in the traditional sense, but yeah. I can see myself getting married. Yeah. Yeah. Cute. What about you? I don't know. I've always in two minds about it. I think, yes, I can see myself getting married. But again, I'm not a traditional. I can't, I don't envision myself in a white dress walking down an aisle having bagpipes playing in bagpipes bagpipes I don't know, you, but you okay? know like having romantic music playing in the background I don't envision that but I think I eventually yeah would get married yeah but I don't think it would be a traditional wedding dress aisle walking scenario no I'm not gonna say too much yeah yeah nothing sucks you guys will have to wait and see I mean we're both not engaged <laughs> no. so we're still waiting and seeing as well <laughs> why um, did that have a creepy laugh <laughs> <laughs> that was so evil oh yeah i have another question sorry i'm jumping in because i am not good. wearing my glasses so i can't really read this list oh okay <laughs> tells me that at the end of yeah, the podcast um okay so how do you feel about everyone becoming coaches all of a sudden i don't think that it has been that way i think that there's a, there's always been a lot of coaches <laughs> yeah. and it's probably just more visibility now that everyone's more online online yeah but i also feel like if you're in an industry like if i was a lawyer yeah i'm in an industry that everyone's a lawyer yeah so it feels overcrowded and oversaturated it feels like you can't find your place because everyone's doing it but that's only because you're surrounding yourself with everyone who is a lawyer when you jump out of the bubble we're Nobody just where no knows. one is knows what we're doing do you know the be- the funnest thing i have in my life is when i meet new people that don't follow me on social media that they've never met before and are not in the fitness industry at all and i tell them what they do what i do and they're like what do you do i don't really understand that like so, they literally have no idea but because you're in the fitness industry you think that everyone knows what you're doing but actually no one gives a fuck super common <laughs> i've had that so often yeah. like we are just in a concentrated amount because we bubble. are following people that ha- have common interests yep. we're around people all the time but yep. it is still a small small in that sense we're still a you know minority and i don't think all of a sudden i think it just is probably people have pivoted from maybe traditional sense to online that's probably increased but in saying that i don't have any feelings because if i focus on oh no there's too many coaches it's just it's going to take away from what i'm doing and i think that there is tenfold the amount of people who need our help than there is coaches yep a hundred percent yeah a hundred percent do we have any more questions let's try find one more am i Am I, am I blind? Because I can't see. I can't see. Okay, what's your advice around going out for food slash drinks whilst also tracking macro, macros for someone who's, I'm assuming, for someone who's tracking macros, but the, the question cuts off. Yeah, I think um, there's a few different approaches you can take depending on what your goal is. Mm-hmm. So say this person is wanting to lose weight, for example, depending on what time frame we're doing this in, yep. is it a quite rigid short-term getting get out a little bit more aggressive or is it a longer term a little bit more flexibility Mm -hmm. depending on their starting point so if you're going to track macros and going out you could say it's going out for dinner for breakfast and for lunch you could account for what you're going to have and then maybe if you were being quite stringent with it you could look up the menu of where you're going to go and then try to plan your meal ahead of time that could be for the most part, having a you know a large portion of protein, having yep. some veg on there would be a good option. 
if you were not tracking macros, for example, you could follow a plate model, which is a similar yep. similar principle. But of course, if you're tracking it, it's going to be more accurate. Yeah, yep. I agree. Or even like decide, you know, okay, do I want to track this meal or is it again going to be more flexible and then you don't have to track? But if you decide that you do, the, the biggest bit of advice that I can give is always overestimate calories. So even if you're looking at the menu, always add a couple of hundred calories for added oils, butters, creams, carbs all of the things that chefs love to add into their cooking without measuring because when you go to a restaurant like i mean if i'm making a pasta at home i can literally measure one tablespoon of oil where if i go out don't know they're using half a bottle yeah probably a whole bottle yeah who knows so i would always just overestimate and like jem said plan ahead planning for success and as well if you were trying to lose weight the amount the frequency to which you're going out is something you would probably have to moderate if you're going out to eat multiple times a week just trying to make kind of smart decisions so the most of your food is kind of more wholesome and prepped at home because that's going to be um, more beneficial for that goal yeah and also if you're doing a short-term in and out more aggressive deficit to lose weight just stick to it yeah do that short six to eight weeks get it done and then you've got that freedom and flexibility to go out with your friends and family sometimes you do need to have that short-term sacrifice for the longer term gain yeah i i think there's multiple approaches to it but it's definitely something that can be factored in and i do encourage clients to learn a bit of um you know nutritional literacy around eating out because i don't want it to be off bounds i don't want it to be like when i go out yolo i want it to be when i go out i know how to eat well and i know how i feel empowered i feel like this isn't going to completely derail me it's just a meal out with friends and I'm enjoying the, you know, enjoying the time and what I'm eating and then get back onto what you normally do. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the end of the world. I want people to be able to do that. I love that. Well, I think that wraps it up, guys. That is another Q&A done for your, what day is it? Monday. And I would love for you guys to continue to submit questions for us, guys. So really grateful so far and would love to continue to do this in the future. Yeah, it's so good. Thank you so much. And we will see you guys soon. Thanks. Bye. Bye.